now, including pastors, young men in ministry, who haven't really fought the battle for the inerrancy of Scripture. They, they literally have been affected by all that's going on around them. And uh, it's time, it's time for us to raise this standard again. But there are four compelling reasons I would like to suggest to you, and I, I have more to say than I should say, more to say than time would allow, so let's move right after it. The first reason for a summit on biblical inerrancy is the scripture is attacked and we are called to defend it. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And that is John MacArthur at the Shepherds Conference a few years back. And um, the reason I put that on was because of the assault on God's word and our inability to defend it and uh, run away with, with certain uh, humanistic uh demon-possessed ideas, driven ideas regarding creation, mankind, our culture, uh, the responsibilities of men, and all that stuff that goes along with it. And um, I mean, the, the, the way one comes to truth is uh, no longer uh, relegated as proper or, or eth ethical or, or uh, relevant anymore. The the rule changing by the elite or the smart people, you know, I, again, like I always tell you, always be careful for the, for the most dangerous people in the world are the smart, stupid people. You know, the ones that know all the wrong things, but they know them all too well, or the ones that know the truth, deny the truth, only to, to cat, to, uh, hold a, a, a party line on a thought so they won't get canceled. We're living in a cancel culture world and the church has to realize that the world will cancel you and that's fine because you've been activated by God. You have you have been placed in the kingdom of God. You are accepted in the beloved and that should be the only approval that we seek. And I know and I know it's 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 extremely, you know, it's extremely um odd that uh you would not agree with the definitions of this world. I mean, the culture has gone absolutely crazy. And in fact, they really think that we're stupid. They really think that we don't know. They really think that, uh, you know, we're just the, we're just the, the ignorant ones and they're the enlightened ones. No, we're the ones that know the truth and the truth of God's word. And, um, there's, uh, one of, one of the, uh, star children for, for the, uh, for the world is uh, Miley Cyrus. You know, she was once a, a conservative model of Christianity growing up. Now she's a transformed into twerking template of what happens when people are exposed to false Christian doctrines brought about through spiritual extrapolation. Yeah, God loves God loves you, but you gotta you gotta extrapolate righteousness and holiness and transformation. You extrapolate it all out. It's a, it's a Jesus, but no lordship. It's a Jesus with no law. It's a Jesus that's unrecognizable in the Bible. And so um, this, is, this is the danger of this culture. This is the danger of many that are going to church with these crazy um, humanistic Marxist ideas in their head. R critical race theory. That's all Marxism. That's communism. This autonomy 
that you, you have, and it's given to you by God, autonomy, meaning that you govern your own mind, you govern your own thoughts, you govern your own body. You know, this vaccine mandates that they have going on, that, that they tell you, you're going to take the jab, or you're going to take the, the, the vaccines, no matter what. What they are doing is they're saying, you're no longer in charge of your own body. You're no longer in charge of, of what goes in your body and, and what comes out of your body. You're no longer in charge of that. We are. And if you don't own the rights to your body, if you don't own the rights to your thoughts, if you don't own rights to your thoughts, you own rights to nothing. And that's why our great constitution says that we have this inalienable rights given to us by the creator. That's why they have to get rid of God. That's why this attack on the gospel, on Christianity, on the word of God is so important to understand. We're going to be discussing today on the inerrancy or the perfection of God's word. Why you must know that there's no errors or mistakes in the word of God. Why you must know that there's no there's no um, there's no oopsies in the word of God or oh God got it wrong. This culture is redefining everything in order to change and to remove God completely out of the conversation, whether it was school, whether it was college and universities, whether, you know, the education field, whether it's the sports um, arenas, whether it's the governmental um, arena, whatever arena we are in, God's even taken out of the, out of the um, religious um, uh, uh, realm. They, they, they've met, they've invented this, this, uh, this, false Jesus that you worship that has no power to save, heal, and deliver. They just got this Jesus that's giving out uh, giving out goodies to everybody, and, and he's just a social justice warrior. He's just a woke Jesus. Doesn't exist in the Bible. But that's the one that's out there, and if you don't serve that Jesus, the one that the culture makes up, then you have no Jesus at all. Listen, Spiritual extrapolation is the process. And you need to understand this because this is what's going on. You have to even question who is saved. Who is saved? What is salvation now that they're pushing out there? Is it biblical salvation? Is it real faith in Christ? I mean, Jesus Jesus asked his disciples, don't forget, who do men say that I am? That's one of the questions. Who is this world saying that Jesus is? Who who do you say that I am? You should ask your, bro- your, your, your sons and your daughters. You should ask your friends. They go to church with you. Who is Jesus? Tell me who this Jesus is that you believe, that you trust. We're going to get into all of this today as we delve into the information war. Because you have to stay true to the information, the biblical information that's been proven and tested and tried, not accepted by the world, and that's why they they deem to change it. This, this theology by extrapolation, this Jesus by extrapolation, this spirituality being spiritual or spiritual extrapolation is the process by which one attempts to discover a deeper revelation of God's word by starting with the biblical truth, but over time extrapolating the revelation of that truth until the doctrine, until until the end, the doctrine has progressed beyond what is found in the scripture that ends them up in error. They they go beyond what the scripture says. They try they try to extend it to please people and they begin to pull things out. That's theology, 
And that's Christianity by extrapolation or spirituality by extrapolation. Cyrus, listen, the, the, the great spiritual leader um, of Miley Cyrus, this is what she says. She blames, she blames the fundamentalist Christians for the suicide of the LGBTQ youth. In other words, the rejection, the rejection of their 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 carnal ways into the church is why they're committing suicide by the church. Okay? 2015 interview with papermag.com uh, Cyrus states those people should that those people should make our laws. Noah's Ark, listen. Noah's Ark was real was a real seafaring vessel. The effing saying we have outgrown the fairy tale like we have outgrown the tooth fairy and Santa. So here is an attack, an assault by this 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 cultic um, teenage guru of, of, of the culture that they've created that says the Bible falls into that category. The Noah's Ark falls in with the tooth fairy, Santa Claus, and all the other things. We got to just get rid of the Bible. We can't let this happen. We can't let this happen. In fact, in fact, uh, as as I look at at the inerrancy, meaning that God's word is true and perfect, there's no error in it. Why the Christian have to understand what inerrancy is? Let's look at let's look at this definition. Inerrancy is the term used to explain that the Bible is completely true and contains no errors in its original autographs. The reason inerrancy is an issue is, an issue is because some religious scholars believe that the scripture contains errors, yet they, can, they, contain, they continue to claim to believe in inspiration. Okay? In other words, they believe that, that the apostles and the prophets were inspired by God, but the book you have in your hands right now is not, has, has mistakes in it. Actually, they're trying to redefine inspiration to include possible errors. Therefore, it is necessary to discuss inerrancy, the perfection of God's word, the perfection of God's way, the perfection of how God gave the men of God the word of God. Because it assures that we understand inspiration to mean without error. Listen, here's the danger. When inerrancy, in other words, the word of God is perfect. You know, you know Proverbs and Psalms and, and uh, Ecclesiastes. They all speak about the perfect word. When inerrancy is denied, it begins down, we begin to go down a slippery slope. Okay? Again. Again, this is important for you and I to understand. This is what we have to we have to um we have to not allow the world to weasel their way around this. When inerrancy is denied, it begins a slippery slope effect. The, the denial of, an, of inerrancy often leads to denial of other literal truths. Historical facts that are taken as myths and stories. It is often claimed, for example, that the creation of the world and man in Genesis chapter 1, 12 wasn't meant to be taken literally. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna do a teaching on literal and metaphorical. Okay, uh, in a few, down the road a little bit. Okay, biblical viewpoints on issues such as homosexuality or women's roles are easily denied when inerrancy is denied. One otherwise evangelical errantist acknowledges that Paul said, "Wives submit to your husbands," but he feels that Paul was wrong. It is one thing to interpret the script what the scripture means but we 
don't have the freedom to claim that the Bible's authors wrote something that was wrong or in error. So again, when you start looking at, at why the culture has gone mad and how the church and how the Christian leadership, okay, how they weren't going to stand for this, they weren't going to allow this to happen. They set up in Chicago the statement of biblical inerrancy, and it's important. This was in 1978, okay? Here's the reason for us. The authority of Scripture is key to, to is a key issue for the Christian church in, in this age and in every age. In other words, how you understand the authority of God's Scripture. There's Christians that walk completely away from God's Scripture. They can look at it in the face and say, that's not what God meant. This is what we feel. This is what we feel it meant. Or this is what they told us in school. This is, no, no. The authority of Scripture is key is a key issue for the Christian church in every age. Listen, if you are a Christian, okay, you must hold the inerrancy of the Word of God as pure as it is and nothing else. Those who profess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are called to show the reality of their discipleship by humbly and faithfully obeying God's written Word. Boy, that's a mouthful. Okay. Now this was this was Christian leaders from all denominations that came into Chicago in order to in order to reestablish because the culture started going crazy. The church started believing things that we should not have believed. So 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 they all came together in Chicago in order to make a, what we will call another treaty, another thesis for those that are saved, that those that that constitute Christianity. They brought them all together so that they can all speak from all walks of denominations. Okay? This is what this whole thing was about, is to bring all the Christian leadership together to discuss the inerrancy of God's Word because they were trying to change how you view God's Word in the 70s. Man, listen, that, that, was, that was 30, you know, that was almost 40 years ago. Listen, to stray from the scriptures in faith or conduct is disloyalty to the master. Recognition of the total truth and trustworthiness of the Holy Scriptures is essential to, to a full grasp and adequate confession of its authority. So listen, if God's word, because God said so, if that's not good enough for you, because God said so, then you're not saved. If you're looking for another way out, if you're looking for, for excuses, if you're looking to, to sit there and say, well, you know what, it's not nice. There's, you know, God wouldn't send my, 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 my friend to hell. God wouldn't send, no, no, listen, God, God loves everybody. The problem is they don't love God. They do not love God. Their, 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 their fate is sealed in what they love. Your faith is sealed in what you love. And so this attack, like Miley Cyrus says that the, that the, that the, that the uh, story of, of Noah's Ark is, and, and the big sea creatures, and, and that's just a fairy tale. Is that what you feel about your scriptures? Is that what you feel about the authority of God's word? Well, these men of God got together in, in 1978 in Chicago Okay? And they, they, they put a nail in the coffin on that stuff. And it's time we revisit that. 
because too many Christians believe all the wrong things about all the right issues. The following statement affirms that the inerrancy of Scripture is afresh, making a clear, making clear our understanding of it, and warning against its denial. We are persuaded that to deny it in its in it sets aside the witness of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and to refuse the submission to the claims of God's own word, which marks true Christian faith. We see we see it as our timely duty to make the affirmation in the face of this current lapse from the truth of the inerrancy among our fellow Christians and misunderstanding of this doctrine in the world at large. So again, this is this is just the preface of this uh, of this treat. I don't don't again on this. I don't have time to get it to you. Okay, here's a short statement. Um, this this has five points to it. You can you can get this off um, off of DuckDuckGo. Just type in Chicago um, Chicago Inerrancy Conference 1978, and all the big wigs are there. All the big hitters are there because they are all responsible. They're all responsible for the truth of God's word. Here's a short statement. Number one, God who himself, who himself's truth and speaks truth only. God who, who is himself truth and speaks truth only, period. Drop the mic there. Has inspired the Holy Scriptures in order thereby to reveal himself to a lost mankind through Jesus Christ as creator and Lord, redeemer and judge. Holy Scripture is God's witness to himself. Holy Script, that, that's so powerful. That, that's the first point. Okay? Holy Scripture is God's witness to himself. Number two, okay, on the short statement. Holy Scripture, being God's Word, written by man, prepared and superintended by the Holy Spirit, is, is of infallible divine authority in all matters upon which it touches. It is to be believed as God's instruction in all that it affirms, obeyed as God's command, and in all it requires, in all, in all that it requires, embraced as God's pledge, and in all that is promised. Wow. Wow. Listen to how they're reestablishing the church, attaching the church back against the God's intentions of God's word. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit, Scripture's, scripture's divine author, both authenticates it to us by his inward witness and opens our mind to understand its meaning. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the revelator of God's word. Away from the Holy Spirit, apart from the Spirit, you cannot interpret the scriptures. Your understanding is dark. You don't see through it clearly. So if you're getting your, if you're looking through the lenses of academia now, where they don't even know what a man or a woman is, where they, where, where they don't understand the binary choices of a man or a woman, binary meaning two. You only get two. They got fifty-eight, a hundred. You know, they got a hundred genders now because, uh, but you don't find it in the Bible because it's not inspired. All these things they're making up. This humanistic ide ideology they got going on is absolutely nuts. But yeah, you got the church playing along with it. You got you got your some of your kids in high school. If you have children in school, you should be asking them this question. You should be asking them about about man and woman. You should be asking them what they're teaching them in the science class. You should ask them what they're teaching them in in history, critical race theory. How how 
you know, the white the whites have privilege and they're they're oppressing the blacks and, and all people of color. That that's the stuff that's going on in the schools right now. And then they look at the scriptures and, and they say the scriptures are oppressive to, to a certain type of people. Yeah, it's it you need the Holy Spirit to enlighten your education and enlighten your understanding and the meaning of God's word and all that you're in. Number four, be holy and verbally given. Be holy and verbally God-given. In other words, the scriptures came from God. Holy in thought, in oration, oration is given by God. Scripture is without error or fault in all its teaching, no less in what it states about God's acts in creation, about the events of the world and history, and about it and about its own literary origins under God. Then in then in its witness to God's saving grace in individual lives. Okay? So the whole scripture that goes along with Timothy, where Tim, Timothy says, all scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God. All scriptures. This Greek word, pas, the word all, P-A-S, or pan, that's where you get the word panoramic from. The entire word of, of God is inspired. And here's the last point I'll leave with you, okay? The authority of scripture is inescapably impaired if this total divine inerrancy is in any way limited or disregarded. See, there's Christians that that say, "Well, what about the, you know what about isms?" Well, God wouldn't God God wouldn't send the homosexual to hell. God wouldn't send send the the, the trans to hell. God loves everybody. Look, the authority of Scripture is inescapably impaired if this total divine inerrancy is in any way limited or discarded or made relative to a view of truth contrary to the Bible's own. And such lapses bring serious loss to both the individual and to the church. The minute the church loses its, its authoritative perspective on the scriptures you've lost everything because then everything is on the table that's why it's a slippery slope that's why it's just a, a flat out slippery slope so we understand the the inerrancy that means that the bible is without any mistakes its scholarship is perfect it's inerrant it's there's no there there's no you can't poke a hole in it because it's perfect. The law of God is perfect. Though written in 1905, listen to this. Gilbert Keith Churston's words still ring true. As both philosopher and theologian, the general, the general ideas Churston refers to are essentially orthodoxy or universality. Universal universally held truths. He contends that there, there was a day when man was proud to be orthodox or to be right or to seek truth. He was proud to be right. But now the word but now the word heresy not only means no longer wrong, it practically means 
being clear-headed and courageous. In other words, you 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 got to be courageous to get rid of what you know to be true, and then embrace into this fantasy world of of ide- ideology of this world. That's why they hate God, because God says this man and woman. That's it. Oh, but it's courageous to to say. You, a man can be a, a woman, and a man can have children, and a man can have a menstrual cycle. Oh, it's courageous. No, it's ignorant. It's stupid. Stupid. What's, uh, some people don't like that word stupid. I know. I know. But let me break it down. Stupid is knowing what's right and not doing it. Now you're stupid. When you deny God's scriptures, you are stupid. When you say it's inerrant, it's not inerrant, that there's mistakes in it, you are stupid. You're going against you're going against the truth of God's word. And so they're, they're, they're saying, I love what Churston says. He says, hey, look, we're living in a day. This is, ni- this is 1905 when man abandoned what was true. And instead of calling the lies heresy, the teachings heresy, you know what they call them? They call that person courageous. Oh, they're so awesome. Don't you hear... That, what do you think is part of the LGBTQ? Oh, they're so proud. Remember when um, when uh, Bruce Jenner uh, announced that he he was Bruce Jenner? And he's a woman now? He's no woman. He's a man. He's just confused. Oh, he's so brave. That There you go. That was a perfect example. That's just one of all, all the many coming out of the closet. Oh, they're so brave. No. They're living a lie. They're men. And they're confused. And they may hurt. They've been hurt. They got some wrong ideas and wrong feelings and wrong emotions. But they're men. Make no bones about it. The young teenager that was transing, tranning in, um, over in Virginia. That raped a girl. Why, why does he have those emotions? It's because they're men. This is the ridiculousness. Oh, they're, they're brave for being trans. No, no, they're brave. No, they're not. Cra- no, no, they're not. They're confused. But this culture calls them courageous. Oh, it takes gut. No, it takes, it takes stupidity to throw away from the objective truths of who you are. You can look at somebody and say, yep, that's a man. Yep, that's a woman. Now, because you could look at them, the baby comes out, they look between the legs, yep, that's a boy, yep, that's a girl, and you know what the culture is saying now? You can't, you can't say that, you have to ask them. We don't have to ask anybody, because it is what it is, it is what God says it is, because God said so, because God's word is inerrant, we're not going to go down the slippery slope. You know, some people say, well, do you believe that God created the heavens and earth? You've got to be so ignorant that you believe... The God creation, God created the world in seven days. I said, nope. He created in six days and he rested the seventh. It's a bad man. So to deny the truth, the world will call courageous. They will lie to you and call themselves brave because they're going against objective truth. Because you're going against that which God said. They call themselves brave. And with that, listen, and with that, the church in America entered into the dark and divergent back alleys of postmodern doctrines like universalism, which offers no guide or direction. 
all while claiming, don't worry, pick any path you want. They all end up in the same place anyway. You heard that from Joel Osteen. Oh, there's many ways to God. You hear that in T.D. Jakes. Hanging around, hanging out with, with the universalisms and their ideas. And they're preachers like Oprah and, 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 and Dr. Phil, which says, well, if you spank your child, oh, that's a negative thing. Well, look at all the brats we're producing. Those that, have, those that do not understand discipline. Consequence. You wonder why? That's why. Because the universalisms, the teachings of this carnal, corrupt, humanistic, ungodly society, and you got these preachers that are out there. Oh, pick any path, any path. We just want you happy. They all end up at the same place anyway. Such thinking transforms the gospel from believe and you belong to belong regardless of what you believe. Remember what Jesus says. If you believe on me, I will no way cast you out. Believe in him and you will belong. This culture says just belong regardless of what you believe. And with that, the main goals of Christianity, evangelism, and preaching the Word of God is be, becomes unnecessary and obsolete in its practices. Why? Because just belong. Just hang out in church. Just go to church. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what you believe in about, about all the key essential areas of Christianity. Regardless of what you believe about um, holiness and righteousness and sanctification, transformation. Forget about all that. Just long, just long as you... No, no. Believe and you belong. That's what Jesus says. Believe. You belong. What does the culture say? Ah, believe anything you want, regardless. You belong everywhere. And with that, the main goal of Christianity, evangelism, and preaching the Word of God becomes unnecessary and obsolete because no one has to change. In the past, in the past... These cloak and dagger doctrines deconstructionalized only exist in select intellectual circles or within liberal universities. But now it seems that the Trojan horse that the Christian left has been activated and even been planted on display in mainline Christian institutions. They're in their churches. See, my concern is not the fact that, that the church is becoming worldly. The world is now in the church. That's a very dangerous thing. Okay, Faith-oriented content creators and even the local church, in many cases, without their knowledge. Unlike the wooden horse that invaded Troy, this modern-day Trojan horse has been constructed with the deceptive lumber to su of superior morality. You know, oh, if you don't love them, you're evil. If you don't accept this, you're bad. They think that they they feel that they're the the world feels that they're more, they have more morality than the church. <coughs> Why do you say that? Well, because if you don't if you don't accept them, then you're bad. If you don't accept the vaccine, then you're bad. If you don't, you're bad. Oh, we're so we're so righteous because we do these things. We love everybody. We're accepted of everybody. You're not. You're exclusive. Listen, elevated knowledge, superior love, and holy language that calls into question anyone who disagrees with the left's proposed moral stance. Whatever they say, 
and you disagree with that, they're coming out. Because the left's insi- because the left's insensent and broad stroke use of words like racism and bigotry, mainstream media and popular culture have easily dismissed the biblical Christianity. And the church might lead one to wonder whether the church has moved left or if the left has moved into the church. Regardless, I fear that this is just the beginning of the persecution of the American church. In blatant contrast, listen to this. In blatant contrast, Martin Luther Commitment to Scripture. His commitment to Scripture. The Christian left perceive themselves to be enlightened to rely on the Bible as their ultimate guide for truth. This form of doctrinal drift, rooted in agnostic thinking, relies heavily on reason and logic to establish truth and place human reasoning on a self-made pedestal above the Bible. Regardless of issues of doctrine, morality, and justice, rather than allowing the Bible to be a a commentary on itself, the early stages of Christian progressivism demands that a believer slowly reject allegiance to the written word of God. Wow. Wow. They want you to pull yourself away. You heard Hillary Clinton. Oh, those that hold on to Barack Obama. Those are policymakers. Those are people that make laws in our land, push agendas. They say, you're going to have to get rid of your Bibles. Bible huggers. Gun huggers. Amendment right people. Listen to this. Listen to this. Consider the comments of an American Baptist minister. This is a Baptist minister. A member of USA Today. Board of Contributors, Oliver Thomas. This is Oliver Thomas, okay? Who shared his frightening theological perspectives regarding the LGBTQ agenda. It is difficult to watch people buy into the sincere but misguided notion that being a faithful Christian means accepting everything the Bible teaches. Thomas then adds to his progressive dialectic a spiritual downgrading of the valuable contributions our patriarch fathers made in the Christian faith. He adds, churches will continue hemorrhaging membership and money at an alarming rate until we muster the courage. Remember, we muster the courage because you call brave if you if you get rid of the word of God. If you muster the courage to face the truth, we got it wrong on gays and lesbians. This should alarm or surprise us. We have learned some things that the ancients, including Moses and Paul, simply did not. In other words, we're smarter than those guys. We're smarter than God. We're smarter than the people that wrote the truth of God's word. That's why it's important to know inerrancy. These people that think that they are above God's word. This is, this is a Baptist preacher. Paul didn't know anything. Moses didn't know anything. Ezekiel didn't know anything. Isaiah didn't know anything. Matthew, Mark, Luke didn't know anything. And if this weren't enough, Thomas takes his extra biblical view, Christian left ideology, to the hip by questioning Jesus' capability of knowing at the time of his age what was going on on the earth. 
He questions the knowledge of God. He questions Jesus, the Logos, God becoming man, the all-knowing God. This is the progressivism. This is when you don't understand that the scriptures are the authority. Suggesting that the most authoritative biblical figure of all time, Christ himself, was somehow insufficiently woke to the, to the issues of the modern society. According to Thomas, Christ was limited. Listen, Christ was limited. He can stop the sea. He can walk on water. <laughs> you, you, got, you got to be kidding me. He goes, Christ was limited to the first century human, to what first century humans knew, and therefore could, couldn't possibly be aware of the million other things that centuries may have taught us. So basically what he says, Jesus wasn't God. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh, he wasn't God. You can't teach God anything. It's our typical knowledge. He is all knowledge. Corinthians calls him the wisdom of God. L listen, I told you about smart, stupid people. There you have it. There you have it. Hebrews 13, 6, 13 through 19. Re you, when you read that, the bottom line is that there's two immutable things. Number one, God does not change. He's immutable and he doesn't lie. Therefore, therefore, you can't change God. Oh, but God, but God, you know, didn't know about, about our, our, our complex humanity. Listen, the tricks of the enemy are the same. They haven't changed. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those, you know, it's all there. It's all there. It's all the same. There's two immutable things. God cannot lie. God doesn't change. Write that down. That's inerrancy. He's perfect in all his ways. And it says, therefore, this is the hope we have, an anchor for our soul. See, you got to anchor yourself in this information war that we're in. You have to anchor yourself into the truth of God's word. These people that are telling you that you have to ask a man if he's a man. No, just look at him. Your eyes don't lie because that's objective truth. Oh, he, I don't care what he identified. That's what he is. Why? Because God made men and women. That's all he made. <laughs> I know that's objective too. Why do you say it? Because God said so. Why? Because it's the inalienable word of God. It's the, it's the, it's the authoritative word of God. Because God said so. It is the way God said it is. Truth is, what God says is true. And in all times, every time, no matter what. Know your Bible. Know your Bible. Don't ever let them get you out of your Bible. Matthew 5, 17 through 20. I, I love this. I love this. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. For surely I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot nor tittle will by no means pass away until all the law is fulfilled. Nothing's going to pass away. Immutable. Eternal. Unchangeable. And here you have this ignoramus like this saying, God, Jesus didn't know anything. Cut it out. Cut it out. These guys, these guys are really, really special. And just because the culture picks them up, don't mean, don't, don't doesn't mean God did. 
I love this. Time to rescue the truth in the culture. Just like Martin Luther. We need to stand and defend the word of God. That it is the word of God. He, he questioned the process and established doctrine. He questioned the church. See, it's not wrong to question the church. Why do we do what we do? Why are they allowing gay and lesbian issues in the church? The, the culture. Why, why is the church permitted that? Question that. Question the process of the church, but find, but never the word of God. You can question the pastor about why we do what we do. That's what Martin Luther did. He questioned the church about their processes. And he elevated the word of God. The just shall live by faith. His commitment to scripture as the source of absolute truth. That's what, that's what Martin Luther did 500 years ago. He established the word of God as the absolute source of all truth. Not this social constructs that the, that the world likes to build. Well, what about what about this and what about what you know all the what about isms? No, you ground yourself in God's word. Number one, God doesn't change and God doesn't lie. Immutability and truth. Hebrews chapter six. Read that. Know that. Stand in that. Matthew five seventeen through twenty. Heaven and earth shall pass away. What about Psalms one nineteen eighty nine? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generation. Listen, you establish the earth and it abides. Who establishes the earth? That's what's so funny about all these, all, about the, the, these, these elites in of this world. We got to save the planet. It's not even yours. Cut it out. Stop it. There's nothing you can do. You want to pick up trash? Pick up trash. We got to save the earth. It's not even yours. It's established. By God and it's His. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell in it. Psalms 24. Read it. Know it. Oh, we got to save the planet. Stop it. Then they use kids. You know, that they, they use little kids to scare Is my planet going to be saved from me? Stop it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Twenty-four Psalms 24, 1 and 2. Psalms 33, 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters to the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in, store, in the storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded it, and so it stood fast. It's going to stand fast. It's going to stand fast. Because God said so. Psalms 33, 6 and 9. This is the authority of God's word. Matthew 7, 13 through 7, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to, to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, but narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Why is that so important? Because when you start looking at this, this inclusionary ideas, the universalism, of this culture. It's a wide gate. Believe the Lord. And you shall be saved. What does it mean to believe in the Lord now? What, what Lord are we, they believing in? That's the major question. 
Are they believing in the Lord? Of the inerrant scriptures? Or do they believe that some of the scriptures are true and some are not true? Some are believable, some are not believable. Some are understandable and some are not understandable. We affirm that the written word in its entirety is the revelation given by God. We deny that the Bible is merely a, a witness to revelation or only becomes revelation in an, in an encounter or depends on the response of men for validity. So in other words, guess what people? We believe that God's word is the entire revelation given by God to man. And we don't care if you don't believe. It doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the word of God. So I leave you today in this information war. Number one, that God's word is inerrant. There's no mistakes in it. It is perfect. It's authoritative. It is the way God said it is. And we need to defend it. We need to stand in it. Like I opened up with John MacArthur when he says, we're coming in to a generation that has never fought for the word of God, fought for the truth of God's word, fought for the ideas of heaven and established them here on earth. And we need to do that today because the church has been infiltrated by a bunch of carnal men posing as preachers, posing as Christians, and they're not. You can tell by how they hold the biblical truths and the views of God's word. Jesus not woke. Oh, Good God Almighty, help us. I pray this helps you. You understand that your Bible is perfect. You may not understand it all perfectly, so they'll pick at what, how you understand it, but they can never pick at how this book has been the number one seller in the world generation after generation after generation. They try to get rid of it. They can't because it's inspired. It's powerful. It's God's idea of truth revealed to man. We affirm the written word in its entirety is a revelation given by God. Stay in the truth. Walk in the power of God's word. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.